I'm Professor Neil Feinstein, and this is Conversations with the Creators. Sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications, ideas thrive here. There's out of home, and then there's digital out of home, which is much more complicated than a billboard on a highway. Today, Professor Audrey Siegel Mavora talks to Barry Fry at DPAA, President and CEO. First, Barry, could you, before Audrey steps in, could you just tell us what DPAA stands for? Certainly, Neil, and thank you, Audrey, for having me. Uh, DPAA originally at its genesis was uh, detailed as the Digital Play Space Advertising Association. Um, that referred to screens and places. Uh, since then, we have morphed and grown to where the point that everybody knows what DPAA is, at least in the advertising, marketing, global, uh, out-of-home industry. And uh, we're kind of known almost like AT&T is known these days, where people know what AT&T is, uh, what it stands for, what it does, how it reacts to consumers and business, but aren't quite sure of the genesis. So DPAA has been known as a figure. And really what we are, we're the Global Digital Out-of-Home Trade and Marketing Association. And to your point, Neil, um, of digital out-of-home and out-of-home, when we refer to digital out-of-home, we refer to the digitization of the medium, which is what we promote and market and educate towards. And that means, uh, yes, digital screens. It also means digital data, digital targeting, uh, digital processes, uh, throwing out the fax machines. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you stealing my thunder, Barry. Ah, <laughs> boy, okay. Well, go ahead. Give me some lightning, Audrey. So thank you, Barry. Thank you, Neil. Um, and for everybody... Uh, who's listening, write down DPAA, what it means, because it's going to appear on one of Professor Feinstein's quizzes sometime this year. What I want you guys to do is imagine a world where billboards dynamically display ads targeted to every person as they walk past. Imagine a world where ads are sold in real time and displayed in a matter of minutes. Or where billboards change depending upon the time of day or the weather. You don't need to imagine it because it is already happening. What I find amazing is that digital out-of-home advertising, one of the oldest forms of advertising, is one of the fastest growing forms of advertising in our industry. So how did that happen? How is everything old new again? So Barry, now bring the thunder. Tell us a little um, bit about how digital out-of-home advertising has managed to not just stay current, but a step ahead while other channels have struggled. Well, that, you've laid that out very uh, adroitly. Uh, oh, thank, thank you very you. much. You can actually uh, do the road shows with me around the world. Uh, thank <laughs> you for that, OJ. You really, you defined it very well. So yes, we are um, one of the fastest growing media today. 
And it is because of the digitization of the media. So um, as you mentioned, you know, you used to have a, uh, a billboard on the side of a road or side of a building, and it would stay there with the same creative marketing message for six months or a year or whatever. And now, yes, we can change it by time, by temperature, by weather, by news, by available audience in front of the out-of-home advertising. And what that does, of course, it makes for more relevancy, better targeting, and more effective advertising. So that, along with what I was mentioning earlier, new digital data, targeting capabilities, uh, programmatic, and all the other digital um, exploits of this industry have kept it uh, not only irrelevant, but like you said, Audrey, one of the fastest growing media today. So let's break it down into pieces because there's an awful lot in there. So let's talk first about how out of home has expanded beyond the billboard on the side of the road. Um, you know, I, there's a slide I use in one of my presentations where I, I you know, have a piece of fruit uh, and I say everything, right, is an advertising surface. Everything is an opportunity. And certainly with digital out of home, everything is an opportunity. Can you talk a little bit about that evolution? Yes. So, and a lot of the, uh, my answers are going to come back to digitization because digital enables us to put advertising in many places. Now, of course, they're going to be tasteful relevant places where we're going to be, and we are very cognizant of where the ad is. And uh, as uh, Professor uh, and Audrey are, I'm sure, very aware, and you may have taught the teachings of Marshall McLuhan, uh, the medium is the message. So um, that is very important. You're not, if you put an ad on a trash can, it, it typifies what the brand could be. If you put it in an elegant setting, it sends a message as to what the brand is about. So we're not going to put it every place, but certainly in uh, our members around the world are representative. So to give you a bit of a snapshot of, of the DPAA membership. Our members go from Times Square to Piccadilly Circus to Indian train stations, to uh, sporting facilities, to cinema, to um, ads in taxis and screens and malls and gyms and office buildings and elevators. So it is quite prolific. And the key is to making it relevant to the environment and then relevant uh, to the audience. And if you achieve that, then it becomes uh, important and powerful for the marketers. So technology enables us to put screens and advertising in places heretofore not available. I mean, not only in the, the backs of taxis are you seeing screens, but now in Ubers and Lyfts and, and ride shares. Uh, we have members that have screens on, on buses, on trucks. Uh, going out to Audrey's house. If you look at the uh, Jitney, you'll see uh, one of our members that has ads on it as well. So yeah, the technology enables us to really um, place advertising where relevant and valuable in many settings today. So thinking about this opportunity now, right? You can be any place, anytime, reaching anybody. Do you work with the advertiser in the area of creativity? Do you counsel them about, you know, kind of how to and what to, when to? Yeah, absolutely. And it is a great question and a great important theme for the digitization of out-of-home advertising. Uh, you know, in a way, the creatives at the agencies and the brands now have a whole new canvas to work for and work towards. So, um, you know, if you think of every medium, every medium is very good at some things and may not be good at other things. 
when the first television commercial advertising came out, the early unsophisticated days, you had a, uh, an announcer with a product in front of a radio microphone, and he was had a radio microphone as an example, and he held up a product, and they turned the camera on. That was a TV commercial. It was basically turning a, a, a film camera on a radio announcer with a radio commercial. But then as people got smart and sophisticated about how to do um, you know, close-ups of, of how to do moving shots, uh, primary, secondary, tertiary movement, then television advertising became really powerful as the creatives learn the medium and what it does best. So now uh, we are applying a lot of the video techniques, a lot of digital techniques, and a lot of new innovative techniques to really make the most out of these digital screens and that combined with the data and the targetability and the, uh, the changeability has really enabled us to target audiences that are in front of the screen and make it very relevant to who they are and what they're doing and where they're doing it. So let's talk a little bit more then about this data, the data capture, the, you know, the, the use of it, the management of it, the abuse of it, perhaps. Um, can you go a little bit deeper into how the data is used for good um, to both make the messages more uh, relevant, stronger, and also to target the consumer better. Yeah, as the CMO of Procter & Gamble states so frequently these days, I'm sure you know him, Mark Pritchard, um, uh, data, he says that companies should be a force for growth and a force for good. And to answer your question, Audrey, yes, data, can be a force for growth and a force for good. And let me address some of the couple of things you mentioned. We are very, as an industry, very focused on data for good. So whilst we, we know and uh, have an understanding of audiences, we're really interested in the what, not the whom. So uh, we are interested in um, young adults, 18 to 34, that may be going to St. John's or a college but um, we're, we're not taking the information of who they are. It's really what the demographic, the psychographic, and that is what the advertiser does. There is no PII, no um, person identifiable information that's, uh, that's garnered or tracked or, 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 or massaged in any way. So we're very cognizant of all data and privacy. And like I said, the best way to think of it is we want to know uh, what is the audience, not who. And that once we know that, it's very powerful. So to give you an example of some of the tracking, um, one of our uh, members did a campaign with uh, Timberland Boots. So in the old days, a company like Timberland would buy expensive mail 18 of 34 media because it's targeted on, say, a sports channel or something. Um, and now, uh, because we have an understanding of the audience and an understanding of the screens and digital advertising outside the home, uh, we took a look from mobile data of um, audiences that spent the weekend in the country and the weekend and the week in the city. Um, so that was kind of an interesting audience. Then we understood when that cohort is in front of a screen, uh, targeted them with relevant ads, and then we're able to understand that there was movement then to Timberland websites and to uh, stores, uh, sporting goods stores, because we can understand the movement of the mobile phone. So, so you're actually able to see the whole path. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. And, and to that point, you, you mentioned a good word, path. 
Uh, a, we're on the path to purchase with our screens all over, which is great. But very interestingly, in the old days, which I know we're talking about the old to the new days of out-of-home advertising, out-of-home has been traditionally and still is very good at the top of the marketing funnel, at delivering branding and reach. Always been great. Big ad, big branding. You know, you see the Apple ads, Coca-Cola, fabulous. Now, because of digital data and digital targeting, we can reach right down in the marketing funnel and um, actually understand consideration, actually implement action uh, and purchase. So that is a, a big success of out-of-home advertising today as you track the marketing funnel. Traditionally, you, know, you had direct marketing at the bottom of the ad funnel, or you had a, a salesperson and a, a dealer at the bottom of the ad funnel. Now we can actually drive people, excuse the pun, into dealerships um, by uh, having advertising operate at all ends of the total marketing funnel. So I want to just really my own curiosity, I'm fascinated by this. I want to dig just a little bit more. So I'm listening to you and it sounds to me like truly it's the mobile device. It's, it's beyond just digitization. It's the mobilization of, of the, the person and, and, and the information that is truly driving from top to bottom of that funnel. Yes, and I don't want to say person. I want to say of, of audiences, of aggregated okay. audiences. Yeah, I uh, right. Yeah, no. So yeah, and it's it's just an important note that we're we're very privacy conscious. So um, yes, the more yeah, and you make a great point, the mobilization or the mobility of audiences and the ability to understand their movements helps us understand uh, in front of the screen, taking action afterwards. So that, that's very powerful, and we have a lot of mobile data members that infuse their um, information into media plans. So now going back to tie this with creativity. So if with the mobile information, one is able to understand where, not the individual, but where uh, the purchase path, you know, or how it's developing. Uh, audiences, you, yeah. Audiences, thank you. Um, do you then um, work with the advertiser or counsel the advertiser on messaging differently through various parts of that path so that messaging yes. can be changed? Absolutely. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Um, the, the path that can change, it can change by, by the environment. Uh, for instance, um, you know, we've had ads that have run in elevators and office buildings that say, you uh, as you're going up to your office, get a, you know, have you, have you picked up a, a coffee? Um, you, and then to your point, um, if it drops in temperature at the end of the day, um, you know, forget about the cold brew, get the hot brew as you're going home or something. So yes, the dynamic nature of this. In fact, the real power of uh, out-of-home advertising and its digitization has been demonstrated during COVID where advertisers have been able to be very flexible in changing their ads uh, to what's happened. So in, for instance, if uh, people were not at the beginning, say in, in certain areas, uh, they could easily dynamically, without a lot of contracts and negotiations, switch the campaigns to say gas stations or to um, supermarket areas where the audiences are. So this agility has become a real superpower of today's out-of-home industry. So I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you brought up COVID because I wanted to spend a little time there. Um, one of the things 
that I noticed in teaching through COVID was that exposure to different kinds of environments obviously changed. We weren't going out as much, or if we were, we were limiting our areas. So can you give us perhaps an example or two of an advertising situation that really was able to work within the COVID reality to uh, with digital out-of-home messaging to connect with the consumer in an important way? You know, I, I actually like to go to our global campaign that DPAA developed. Um, it's, it was called wearethecountervirus.com. We built a website. Uh, we had the Madwell Agency develop a very clever, creative campaign. And it talked early on during COVID about how to flatten the curve and, uh, how to, and why to wear masks and why to socially distance and why to wash your hands. And we did this in, um, it was in 18 countries in eight languages. Wow. And it was prolific. It was creative. It was clever. And it talked to uh, the issue of the day. And it also spoke in the environment of where people are. So in the elevators, make sure as you're going to the office, you're washing your hands. Um, at the gas stations, you know, make sure that you're you know, you're separating and, and doing what needs to be done when you leave the car. Uh, so that was a campaign that we're very proud of. And, you know, when they say, what did you do, Daddy, during the war? We're proud that we did something uh, for the public service during uh, during this very challenging period. And, and like I mentioned before, just the nature of the digitization of the agility, advertisers were really able to switch up their ads and campaigns and move them to where audiences are. Uh, in the old days, it would have to be a contract and negotiation again. Now, and and I think it may be very interesting for your audience. I don't know, Audrey and uh, and Neil, do they understand programmatic? Um, I was just going to go there. Um, yeah. Because I think that's really important. You know, um, I mean, I, I came of age in advertising, you know, when, you know, planners and buyers and, and sellers, you know, huddled in a room and, you know, had big conversations and then, you know, yes, lots of paper went back and forth, but we're working in, again, a digitized environment, a programmatic world. Um, I was hoping you could talk just a little bit about the buy-sell process uh, in, you know, kind of the reality of programmatic investment, because I think a lot of our students in entry-level positions are likely to, to have those opportunities. Absolutely. And I would encourage uh, you and them to look at those opportunities to wit um, approximately 80% of digital advertising now is traded programmatically. Um, probably about 70% of mobile is traded programmatically. So unlike when Audrey was going in the business and helping to run huge buying machines and planning machines, um, now it is a different um, area. So I heartily encourage the students to look at a programmatic. I mean, in our out-of-home industry, there's been a, a proliferation of new job opportunities, largely in the programmatic arena of our industry. And, and to give you and the students kind of a, a somewhat overly simplistic view of what programmatic advertising is, is um, it's a data-infused, more automated way of buying and selling advertising. So as opposed to contracts and negotiations and high touch, high feel on buyers and sellers, 
it is almost akin to looking at stock markets. So if you look at the NASDAQ, buyers put up what they want to buy and at what price, and sellers put up what they want to sell at what price, and then the algorithms do the matchup. So that's somewhat similar to what's going on now in the advertising world. And uh, it helps enable better targeting of advertising. It helps enable better efficiencies. And as I mentioned earlier, and especially the case of out of home during COVID, great uh, flexibility and agility to move to where available and relevant audiences are. So when I listen to that, I think, all right, so do I have to be like a computer nerd, you know, a data geek in order to do that? Where's the strategy part of that? Is there any creativity? Yeah, these are great questions. And, um, you know, uh, I would give my personal opinion to say that sometimes we err more on the tech part of it. And we all as an industry have to focus on the right creative messaging on the right strategy. It's, it's almost easy in a way, um, once the engineers have created and uh, these great systems and connected these pipes to, to let it run, but you need to have the human strategy, the human intelligence, the human creativity um, to really drive the total success of it. So it, it's something I think we all need to be aware of. Uh, yes, um, engineering and code writing is, is very important, but also a strategic and creative understanding will help get this to the next level, like everything else in business and life. Good, good observation, Audrey. You should be uh, teaching young, you know, young, bright students. So thinking about then getting to the next level, and I know that's something that St. John's students want to do very much. That's why they're, that's why they're in school. Um, moving them ahead on their journey, thinking about your own and, and all the, the young people that you've seen come through this industry, give us a piece of advice. Yeah, um, look, it's a very exciting time in media. Um, like digitization has enhanced finance, education, ed tech, um, all levels of business. Digitization is now infusing um, all of media and especially our out of home area. So actually one piece of advice, and we'll work it with Professor Feinstein and um, Dr. Siegel. Uh, <laughs> huh. I just got a promotion. Your congratulations, uh, is to come to our summit October 12th at Chelsea Piers, and we'll arrange a, a select group of passes for um, select individuals. I don't know how many we can put in, but we'll work something out. Um, maybe you'll have a um, you'll have a contest or, or the superstar students, but we'll figure something out. So one is to come there. We have some of the, the leading uh, global marketers, the leading global media executives. We're going to have a little bit of fun and music as well. Uh, so that's a great place to really learn and, and which kind of goes to my, I, I suggest um, being a sponge. I mean, the best thing you could do is, is be curious, ask questions um, uh, and, and just absorb everything in. I would also suggest a, a general a reading of the trades. There's some great trades that are pretty much free today um, that uh, students can subscribe to that gives a sense of not only the news of the day, but the evolution of the medium. And you could really see how people, players, technologies, uh, strategies evolve and just by tracking the daily or the weekly trade. So, you know, I would say be curious, um, really try to ask questions, um, be a sponge, absorb everything. And then the last thing I would say is, um, you know, make observations as you get into the world um, and you get your jobs and you're starting to get your jobs 
is make sure you learn from the good and the bad. There's some amazing leaders um, and there's some bad managers and you'll learn a lot from both. And that would be my advice. And uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot more from, uh, from Neil and Audrey as time goes on. Well, I think that's great advice. And we thank you very much for your time and your uh, wisdom. And um, I look forward to being there on October 12th and um, having some of our students there too. So thank you, Barry. Wonderful. Audrey and Neil, I really enjoyed this and I look forward to seeing everybody IRL in real life, hopefully soon. Great. This has been Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's University's Graduate Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Special thanks to all who helped put together this podcast, including Professor Audrey Siegel-Mavora, Kevin James, Professor Edrix Fontanilla, and our producer, Lucy Aquaro. Keep on ideating. <laughs>